0: Welcome to Success Superstars, episode number 221, your place for inspiration and the blueprint of success for peak performers just like you. And my special guest, Dr. Bill Diamond, the team doctor, the psychologist, right?
1: Yes, yes, psychologist, not a psychiatrist. You know the difference, it's about 200,000 a year. So (laughs) I am a psychologist, yes.
0: Well, so give us a little bit, you you know, you and I met when you released your book, which I love, fire your excuses.
1: Yes, yes. So you get the idea. You're a person that is not making excuses for what you're trying to do. And today I'd like to talk to you about resiliency. And this has been the subject of some 850 presentations over the last couple of years. And so more and more, I'm known as the team doctor, the resiliency expert, and, Mark, I thought we could talk about what that would look like for the people you support, your audience, and why it's so important.
0: Well, I love that. Uh, and maybe before we do that, give, give us just a little snippet of the keys to firing your excuses that leads to resiliency.
1: Well, I love this idea. My buddy and I, I've got to give credit to Dr. Marcus Dayhoff, who wrote the book with me. We talk about the last mile of denial. You know, and we can mix metaphors here, but it's almost as if you lock the front door, you lock the back door, and you leave a side window totally open. And and don't we relate to that, whether it's our health or our finances? There's often that last mile of denial, and firing your excuses is about locating that, looking at the different areas of your life. We get a little assessment for people. And to really look at what you could do to close off that last 10% that could maybe make everything not work out for you. Right. So that's what we mean.
0: Is there a secret to that last 10%? Is it accountability? Is it a compelling
1: why? Um, It's all of the above, but I do believe that life's about waking up. And every year I see something that probably I've been doing for decades and it's just come to my consciousness. So anything you can do to speed that up and feedback, a coach, a therapist, a group of friends, a small group, Somebody that can just speak truth into your life can help you see what you don't see because we're just too close to it. Yeah.
0: Now, one of the things that I noticed, I looked at our success through COVID and we thrived through COVID. We grew through COVID. And a lot of that was due to resourcefulness and resiliency. Absolutely. T- tell me, you know, you've done all the research and all the studies on resiliency. Why is resiliency, when how do we get it and why is it important?
1: Well, it's important because I don't think that life is going to get easier. You know, we talk about, and there's a great quote that talks about the new normal being a platform of continual change rather than just a different platform. So it behooves us to say, let's not hope that we'll be okay when everything lines up for us and our current stressors are less or they've gone by the wayside. Let's just assume that we're going to continually experience stress and we want to find a way to do that to be, become better at our CQ, our change quotient. And there's definitely some ways to do it. I think the number one way is if you can't lower what's coming at you, you have to increase your support, your connections. And I know, Mark, you're all about that with what you do and how you develop your teams, but it's huge. Uh, we need, according to a study out of UCLA, we need three to four authentic contacts a week. And it can't all be that person that you're with, your best friend or your married married partner or significant other. If it is just one person, it just gets weird. We need three or four people that will speak truth and support us. So that's the key starting place for resiliency and why it is important.
0: And that can happen in small group settings.
1: Absolutely. Um, uh,
0: networking events, all kinds of different uh, ways. Uh, what have you found in your work through COVID um, as people have, let's say, sheltered down and now we're opening back up, it, it, has that had some, some uh, tsunami effect?
1: It has. You know, a couple things. A lot of people just are realizing that as much as it has been logistically okay, now they've got used to working at home, it hasn't been the best emotionally. You know, we are social creatures. We're born, we're made, however you see it. I believe we're we're made to be connected with others. And when we are very efficient and just isolated, something is lost in the translation. Another study it was interesting, they looked at stress hormones, and the parallel is kind of like diabetes or pre-diabetes, your body's working overtime to process the sugar, but you may not realize it. When you're isolated, you may even prefer to be alone, but your body says a different story. You're actually more stressed to stay alone than you may realize. And the other factor that came out in another study that was fascinating is that you know just talking through how you're doing makes a huge difference to the amygdala, which is this almond-shaped part of the brain that tells us whether we should freak out or not. So don't let anybody tell you because we have the brain scans now to say to talk about how you're doing is huge, even if it, quote, unquote, doesn't change anything. And we knew that as kids. We knew about our test. We knew about our broken heart. We knew about the bully we were afraid of. Talking about things makes a huge difference and lowers our anxiety. And that's the name of the game.
0: And that's really the power of a small group that meets frequently. Absolutely. I'm a
1: huge proponent of that.
0: Well, you know, at JPAR, we have small groups all over the country at jpar.re slash groups. And if you're one of our JPAR associates, you can join a book club that meets weekly. You can uh, find a local uh, meetup, uh, all of those kind of things at our group site. Well, uh, Dr. Bill, as, as you think about moving forward, as you think about th- the big message you want to leave with the audience, what would that be?
1: Well, couple things. First of all, if you are not aware of your own resiliency and let your anxiety run wild, and some of it's genetic, but there's a lot we can do as we begin to talk about this here, you're going to choose small goals without even knowing it that don't stress your anxiety. Nobody that is at an eight or nine or anxiety or allows themselves to be at that level um, goes after big, audacious goals they tend to choose things that are smaller. So it behooves us to get whatever help we need to be able to lower that anxiety, whether it's with a therapist or in a group setting or just talking through things so that you will not unwittingly go for smaller goals than you would normally go for or say it's not the right time. The other thing I wanna talk about, Mark, if we have some time is to talk about post-traumatic growth. And I'd love to talk to you about, about that uh, as we think about what are some blessings for going through what we've gone through, even though it hasn't been something none of us have really wanted.
0: Well, you know, post-traumatic growth uh, uh, is a new concept and something we haven't thought about. And we've really, over the last two and a half years, you know, gone through some pretty significant trauma together.
1: Absolutely, um, absolutely. And so, so post-traumatic stress is very real. Yeah, but what, So what, is this growth. Well, what we find is that 80% of people go through post-traumatic or experience post-traumatic growth. A smaller number, less than half of people who go through trauma, which is very interesting, experience PTSD. But there are five things that we found that are fascinating. Um, You can probably resonate with this over the last two years, you and your teams. Your values have changed. What's important to you has changed. Your relationships have been defined. Some people have become closer. Some people have uh, fallen away. Um, our sense of opportunity. And I think that you have said about JPAR is that you have thrived in many ways because there is opportunity in times of trauma for us. Once we move through that initial phase, we begin to say, I'm still healing and grieving, but are there some takeaways, some opportunities? And we come away with the fourth thing is that we do become more resilient. And finally, it affects our spirituality. I'm a Christian guy. You may be from a different background. You may define it differently, but tough times do make us think about these existential even inter- eternal questions mm-hmm. and begins to redefine who we are and so while we go through something that we would never wish for we come out a better person if i say you grieve your losses you grieve your trauma and then you look for post-traumatic growth that's the key
0: wow what a powerful concept well i know we're going to have you on a couple webinars coming up uh for for yes. our network. And I can't wait for those, but uh, really appreciate you coming on and sharing some insights. Very, very powerful for us today.
1: Well, my pleasure, Mark. I look forward to seeing you again. Thank you, everyone. Have a great rest of your day. All right.
0: And that's a wrap on this episode. Until we see you again, may your choices reflect your hopes and not your fears.